Welcome to the When God Calls podcast. I am your host, Michael McCaskill, public servant, lay servant, and cancer survivor. Each episode, you will hear motivational stories from people whose lives have been changed by serving others. Along the way, you'll get tips and strategies that you can use to become a more effective Christian. Thanks for listening. Now let the journey continue. talking about Heather last week's lesson to me rings true again in talking about you know the fact that she's having to go through this and potential surgery and going through things and she's having a tough time we're talking about we're talking about praying for her and we want to pray for her well-being but we also need to pray for her and her family's spiritual well-being because again, we're here on earth as a just a short time in the grand scheme of things uh, to live for Christ and to show his love and to show how he, you know, he taught us to live. And part of that is loving people in their toughest moments and praying for people in their toughest moments. So we need to remember that it's not just about our physical well-being, but it's about our spiritual well-being because we're all going to get to a point one day. <laughs> And it could be tomorrow. You know, I told Laura the other day, I said, you know, we're basically just living for seven words, you know, that we want to hear. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Oh, and that, you know, so true. I mean, that, that at the end of the day, you know, those seven words, I mean, that's just what I want to hear, you know. Yeah. yeah. So. How do you know you're there, though? Well, I wasn't there yesterday. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just, you know, it's, it's God's grace. Which is why, which is why I'm here. I'm sick. I need help. Every one of us. Yeah. We're all, and none of us, are, or none of us, don't need help. Again, as we pray, and, and Gary, I'm going to ask you to, to open us for prayer in just a second. As we. Uh, as we go through today's lesson, I, I, I want to remind us, I want to be reminded that it's all we are supposed to be here for one another as a church, supporting and encouraging and, and uh, loving people, but also praying for their spiritual well-being because without each other, Christ put us together for a reason. He would have come to us individually and we would have had individual relationships, and that's all we needed. But that's not what He did. He came and established a church for us to gather and grow and grow in unity by loving each other and holding each other accountable. And, 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 and uh, See, as a, as a recovering introvert, that's hard. I mean, I've always kind of, I can do it on my own. That's just my nature. I have to kind of let go. I mean, you know, and be in a group like this and be around people. You know, I had, to, I had to fight that introvert part of my life, you know. I would have never thought of you as an introvert. I would have never thought of you as an introvert. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of a loner, Kathy. Well, I mean, I am too. But <laughs> you know, and, and uh, 
but you know, I can't do it. I, I realize I can't do it alone. You know, I kind of have to get off. Wait till you get old. I, I know. I know. What was that? Wait till you get old, because I mean, I every day. I mean, I I know I need him every day, every day. You know, but isn't it, isn't it interesting? He doesn't ask us for strength. He asks us for abject weakness. Bring that to me, and watch what I can do when you're when you're at the bottom of yourself. And you know, speaking of that, and I, this is what I find in my my time is when I am at my absolute bottom. I am, you know, I'm. I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to turn, whether to get up or sit down. I don't know anything. It's then that I am best able to hear him. And we tend to, or I tend, I shouldn't say we, I tend to, as Roger just said, want to do it on my own. But once the world beats me down to the point of I don't even know what my own means anymore, something, I mean, it's just almost immediately something pops up that says, you know what, that's what I was supposed to be doing. And if he puts me there in the right way, frame of mind with the right things I need the right tool set. And if I latch on, he's going to do something for people through me. But it's, you know, it's got to, I've got to be at my lowest sometimes to even realize that. Okay, so we'll get started in a second. Gary, you want to um, open us for prayer, please? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, in, instruct us. Let, us. let us pause and know that you are indeed our Father and our God and our Savior. Lord, teach us your ways, Lord. Let us be attentive to exactly what you have for us and your will for us, Lord, for to be attentive to the needs around us and each other. Lord, help, help this lady. Lord, help Heather. God, be with her. And more than anything, we pray for your will, which is far beyond we or she can understand. We ask that you, we just feel like you've already met with us, Lord. You're here in your Holy Spirit. Bless what we do today. Bless Mike and, and the, what he has for us, Lord. Teach us, Lord, teach us to really understand and, and know more and more of who you are and how we can live in you, Lord, and be exactly what you want us to be. Be with us in the after service through the week, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so we're now in chapter 4 of Ephesians. We've gotten through the first three chapters. We're basically halfway through. Um, for the first three chapters, Paul talked about doctrine. He talked about you know, the doctrine of what we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to live. But these last three chapters, he actually puts it into practice. He talks about our Christian responsibility now, which is most likely the part of Ephesians that most of us love so dearly. Because it's God telling us through Paul how we're supposed to be Christians as Christians and how we're supposed to live and support one another and help one another and love one another and hold each other accountable. So, um, so again, first three, doctrine. Last three, responsibilities, Christian responsibilities. So today's lesson is uh, chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through uh, 16. And I'll read that, and then we'll go into the, <clears throat> to the lesson. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, 
with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by the every wind of doctrine by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitfulness schemes." or in in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, with each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So before we start there, we, we need to think about two words in the first part of this chapter. Therefore, and urge. So therefore, we've, heard, we've talked about this before. So therefore means he said something before that he's about to, to expand on. And because of the doctrine that Paul covered in the first three chapters, he is now going to give us responsibilities in Christ that are discussed in these three chapters. So he's using the doctrine and says, like, based on this and because of this, you now are responsible to live in Christ, and this is how you're to do that. The second word is urge. So the King James Version uses beseech. God urges us to live for His glory. And in the Old Testament, you remember God said to the Jews, if you obey me, I will bless you. So they had to, they had to obey Him for God's blessings. Now through Jesus Christ, God has already blessed us And because of His love and grace, we should obey Him. Do you see the subtle difference? There's actually a huge difference between Old Testament and what Christ has done for us. We had to follow God's law in the Old Testament. And if we did, He would bless us. He's already blessed us with Christ now. That's the new covenant. He blessed us with Christ. And because of that, we should obey Him and do His will. That's a, that's a, it's a subtle but big difference, um, but that's what, that's what we're talking about here is since God sent Christ, now we, um, we have a responsibility. He's blessed us. He gave us the blessing first, and now we should take that blessing and, and follow, follow God. So now the, the, the next part of this is, is talks about some commonalities we have as Christians. We have one body. We have one spirit, one hope that belongs to our call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father. 
Well, one body, what does that really mean? It's the body of Christ to which all believers are added by the Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. So the Holy Spirit adds us to the body of Christ. And I want the vision, I think, that, that I have with this, and I, it has helped me, is think of the body as a human body. <laughs> because this is going to play through in, in the visual component, at least for me it does, and it, it helped me, maybe it'll help you. So the Holy Spirit adds us to the body of Christ when we accept Jesus Christ. But as that body of Christ, remember, we all have uh, gifts. And as is part, being part of that body, we are required to use those gifts. And if you think of that in the human body, maybe we're a tendon <laughs> or an eye or a toe or a toenail. Whatever parts of the body you are, you are a part of the body. You are to help the body. And your part helps the body. We have one spirit. Well, of course, that's the Holy Spirit that is in each of us. The Holy Spirit adds us to the body. And so the Holy Spirit binds us all together. If you think of that in the human body, it binds the body together, the head to the shoulders, to the torso, to the waist, to the legs, the feet. We're all bound. Well, the Holy Spirit is what holds the body of Christ together, just as ligaments and everything else in in the medical profession, holds, holds a body together. But if you kind of consider it, and these, everything breaks down when you get too far with, with these kinds of uh, visuals, but just think of that. The Holy Spirit is holding the body of Christ together. And it's only one Holy Spirit. There's not others out there. It's just one. One hope that belongs to your call. Our calling is our walk with the Lord. We're called to walk with the Lord. He, he blessed us with Jesus Christ, and now our calling is to walk with Christ bound together by the Holy Spirit as His church waiting for His return to take us to heaven. So we're, to, we're here to walk with Jesus Christ as He taught us to walk, being bound together, all of us together, by the Holy Spirit. And we all should be waiting on that day when Jesus comes back and takes us to heaven with Him, whatever that day is. We should be looking for that day. And if we're looking for that day as true Christians, we're going to walk with Christ because we're waiting on Him, we're looking to Him, all the while living in love and, and, and comfort of knowing that, that that hope is there. So our calling and our walk are the same, and that hope that comes with that walk with Jesus Christ. There's one Lord, of course, that's Jesus Christ, who lived for us, He died for us, and He's going to return for us. That is our one Lord. There's one faith. So, <clears throat> pardon me, there's the one truth given by Christ to the church. That is our faith in Jesus Christ. He is the one truth. Now, we all know we, we have interpret some, we, some of us have interpretational differences. We have worship style differences. But we don't differ on what it means to be a Christian. The truth that being, that, 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 the truth that, it, that we have in Christ. That is our faith. Our faith isn't different. It's just our interpretation of difference. We're all one in Christ, one faith. There's one baptism. If there's one Holy Spirit, only one, then there's only one baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that happens, of course, when He adds us to the family, God's family, when we become believers. And the Holy Spirit adds us to that body of Christ. And then we have one God, one God the Father. So we're all now now that the Holy Spirit has added us to the body of Christ, <clears throat> we're we are in the same family. 
We're in God's family, and our and God is <clears throat> in us. He's over us and working through us so that we will be able to walk in unity. <clears throat> Pardon me. Think of it this way. <clears throat> in our particular families, we have one father. Okay? One. And, and I know this gets into weird stuff, but let's just talk about one father in a family. And that one father is part of you because he, you're part of him. He bared you, right? He works with you and in you as you're growing up to become a better person, a person of, of faith and of, of trust. And he works through you to other people. So he, you're an extension of his family. That's your earthly father. Well, the same is true for your spiritual father, for God. You're a part of him because he's in you. When the Holy Spirit made you part of the body of Christ, he became your father. He is in you. He's over you because He is the head of the, of the church. He's the head of the body of Christ. And then He works through us to give, to, to show other people what He can do in your life but by, you work, by you living your life for Him. And if we're all doing that the same way, the body of Christ, then we're walking in unity, which is, is, is what we're all shooting for, Right? Then he talks about our differences. So our differences are there, and he uses this as more of types instead of actual people. So there's apostles, prophets, evangelists, and shepherds and teachers. He uses those three. And there's in other, other epistles that he writes, he uses other types of, of gifts, if you will. So he's not suggesting that these are all the gifts, but these are just some of the gifts. But they, they, uh, they progress off of each other. So for the apostles, an apostle is one sent with a commission. Well, Jesus had many disciples, many disciples, but only 12 apostles. The apostles were sent with a commission. And we know this. Jesus said, follow me. And they went out and they, they, took, uh, they went with a commission. They went with Jesus' blessing for a commission. And then there are prophets. God's truth was shared by the, Holy, by the Holy Spirit with those who had the gift of prophecy. So it doesn't mean they can see the future. It just means that they had more of God spoke to them and they were able to take that word and minister uh, to people. So the apostles and the prophets were the foundational ministry of the church. They're the ones that, that God gave the, the spiritual gifts and the talents to go out and have more, have that knowledge. Remember, the Bible wasn't written on paper or on stone back then. People had to take this message and know it and, and take it to the people. And the, and the, and the uh, apostles and the prophets were the ones who did that. Then you had evangelists. Just as you think of those today in evangelism, he travels around and speaks the Word of God. They travel through the land bringing the good news, the message to the lost. So evangelists are going to those that don't know the gospel, don't know the good news, and they're taking it to them. But they haven't been given the apostleship or haven't be, weren't prophets. They weren't given extra gift to see things. They're taking the Word of the gospel. They're taking the message to the lost. And then God's using them when they get to the lost to bring them into uh, 
into His church. Now, we should all be doing that. We are all evangelists. We should all be taking the word to the lost. That is one of the things that we are designed to do as parts of God's church. Um, so, it did, But there are those who are better at it than others who have the gift of evangelism, but we all should be living our lives so people see that good news in us. Then there are shepherds and teachers. Shepherd can also be a pastor. And those are the people that use the Word of God to guide and discipline the local congregations. And can you see how from the apostles to the teachers, it all stacks on top of one another so that these people, they're different different talent sets, but they're taking the Word to the masses. And and that is the, the, that is the, the, the point here is we all have different responsibilities in the body of Christ. And if we use them as we are, are designed to use them, then that gospel gets spread and the lost get found and God can work through the seeds that you're planting. So all of this is used for unity, unity in Christ. And, the, and I've titled this section, Growth of Unity is Spiritual Growth. So as we grow in spirit, we grow in unity. So what does it mean to grow in spirit? As you grow in spirit, you become more Christ-like. You become stable. You know truth and love. And then there's a sense of cooperation. So as we grow in spirit, we become more like Christ. We become uh, believers that are gradually growing until they reach a spiritual maturity which is to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Remember, that's what we're working toward, to be like Christ. And the, the, more, the more we grow spiritually, the more we become closer to the fullness of Christ. And the leaders that we just talked about, the apostles, the pastors, the, the evangelists, they're there to equip us, the saints, to strengthen the body of Christ. They're there to lead us to grow in spirit and grow, our spirit grows so that we become more like Christ, getting closer to unity with Christ. What does it mean to be stable? Well, the more we come, become spiritually mature, the more difficult it is for us to be swayed by false doctrines. So the more closely aligned with Christ we are, the better we are able to see when we have a false doctrine and we can ignore it. Truth and love, well, they both have to go together. You know, if, if, if all you have is truth and no love, then it's like beating them over the head with a Bible and you really don't care about them. And you really don't get anybody that way. We, we talk about those people. You see on the, on the uh, street corner and you think to yourself, they're screaming at the top of their lungs. You're going to die if you don't know Christ. Well, do they know me? Do they love me? Or are they just beating me over the head with something? But if you have love and no truth, we have no base. <laughs> If you love them and don't know where you stand, then you know, you're know you just kind of a hypocrite maybe. You love them for loving them, but you don't have a way to guide them. You don't have a base. So truth and love have to go together for us to help each other gain toward that unity. Cooperation. Uh, we already have spiritual unity in Christ. We gain that when we became the body, but we have to work together to maintain it. Remember I said we were blessed. God blessed us with Christ, so we're already blessed. 
But we have to work together. We have to cooperate with each other to maintain that unity. Everyone has a function in the body of Christ. We all know that we have a gift, a spiritual gift that we're supposed to use. And we must equip and improve each other so that we grow to be more like Christ. So using our gifts, cooperating with each other, loving each other, bringing the truth, holding each other accountable, that's all us working with our spiritual gifts to grow in the Spirit so that we become more Christ-like, so that we become more unified. And in doing that, helping each other, that means praying for those who are sick, but praying for those who are sick spiritually also. Praying for those who need assistance of some sort, physically and spiritually. So every time we pray and every time we pray for our own selves, we should be praying both for our physical needs, which God will provide, but also our spiritual needs, which God will provide through His church. This established knowing that we need each other. Because if God, again, if God had wanted to, God would not have established a church if, he was, if His relationship with us individually was going to be enough for us. But that's not what He did. He sent Christ to establish the church so that together we can be closer to Christ, much more closer than we could be separated. Any thoughts? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Have you all ever seen Swamp Gravy on the Conquit? I, mm-hmm. I saw it last night. The, the, the wheels, I know they do different things, but the ones, of, the stories about their lives in the fire department. And did they do the fire department? Yeah. We've seen one with the fire department. They, they, they redid one we've yes. seen. But it's, it's just... It, and I thought, well, this is amazing. And, and it was exactly what you're talking about is that we we exist together. And it took the, the black guy, he had to sweep floors in the fire hall a long time before he got to grab the truck. The girl, the daughter had to really beg and bed and work before she could be one. And they're doing all these things. And it's an unbelievable talent and music. And then this lady starts singing Amazing Grace. And I thought, well, this didn't quite fit. And and the whole audience, everybody, and I thought, oh, this is what it's about. <laughs> this is the whole point. But it was just boring. Absolutely. It was amazing. Listen, I went to one up all over like a baby. It was so beautiful. I remember that. The one I remember the best is that fire, mm-hmm. the fire mm-hmm. one. That's the, the firehouse. That's the one I remember better than any of the rest of them. So I went to the guy after I said, this is anointed of the Lord. He said, we pray in diligence before every performance. It's amazing. We all have a story. A story to tell. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I will close with prayer and we'll go into the choir. Father, we are humbled by your grace and love for us. You sent Jesus Christ to us knowing we needed Him, and yet we rejected Him. But You used that rejection to save us from ourselves. Father, thank You for Jesus Christ. Thank You for unifying us together as a church. Thank You for putting us together, knowing that we needed each other. Father, I pray as we go into the coming weeks that we remember that we need each other, and we need to serve each other, and in serving each other, we serve You. That we help, we help each other out when we need help, that we pray for each other when we need prayer, and that we make sure that each other are okay, that we're coming along spiritually so that we can uh, ignore the false doctrines 
those around us who want to break us down and bring us down and deter us from loving you. Father, thank you again for your grace and glory. And all these things I ask in Christ's most precious name. Amen. Amen.